Welcome to Mortification of Spin, a casual conversation about things that count. With Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Bird. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Let's join this week's conversation. Well, welcome to Mortification of Spin. This is Amy Bird, and I'm here with my usual co-hosts, Carl Truman and Todd Pruitt. But Todd, we've we've learned something new today about one of our co-hosts. We are in the presence of someone who is renowned. It's it's so true, Amy. I think Amy and I right now at this moment are feeling a whole range of emotions, Mm -hmm. Uh, gratitude, Mm -hmm. awe. The sheer privilege of co-hosting a podcast with someone who has recently been described by no less than Grove City College, one of the great Christian liberal arts institutions in the country, as, quote, a renowned Christian scholar. And, of course, it's our own Carl Truman. And we have uh, been treated to the news just in recent days that Dr. Truman is uh, joining the faculty at Grove City College, many of course, of of our audience will know about Grove City College. It's a wonderful institution out in western Pennsylvania, a a breathtakingly beautiful place, and an institution with a a fine reputation. And so, no wonder why they would want a renowned Christian scholar on their faculty. And I would just want to ask Carl, before we get into some of the nuts and bolts of this, Carl, as you know, you're a renowned Mm -hmm. uh, Christian scholar. What does it feel like to finally get the public recognition of your renown, your renownedness. Finally. Your renownedness. Yeah. It's, it's, it has been a long time coming. <laughs> too, too long. Too long coming, I feel. Uh, I think I feel somewhat like Alice Cooper when Wayne and Garth uh, come into his dressing room in, uh, in uh, Wayne's world. Yes. You and Amy are my, my Wayne and my Garth. Oh, Without a doubt. No. You Without as a doubt. Alice Cooper is to them. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's an apt illustration. Apt uh, illustration. And I would point out that there was other great stuff in that puff piece that, <laughs> that, that you haven't mentioned. You know, I, the, that uh, may edify our audience. If <laughs> Well, I mean, I could do a dramatic reading of it at some point. That, that might be great. Well, in fact, what we're doing this, uh, this Lord's Day at my church, instead of preaching from the Bible, I'm going to do a dramatic reading of, hmm. the, uh, of the announcement from Grove City. Very edifying. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So, in all, well, maybe not in all seriousness, but at least in <laughs> partial seriousness, Carl, congratulations. I know that this is something that you're very excited about uh, going to... Uh, to Grove City, and um, it represents a shift from you having been in the seminary world for quite a while now. Has it been 20 years? No. The, the announcement from my former employer, Westminster, uh, uh-huh. didn't actually get my, uh, my length of service correct. <laughs> <laughs> I see. So- I'm not given it. Trust me, it felt like 20 years, <laughs> 17 years. Of 17 years, 17 years uh, yes. in, in the seminary world at Westminster. Yeah. Now you are yeah. going to an undergraduate liberal arts, a Christian liberal arts institution, Grove City, as I said before, a place with a fine reputation. So tell me, what is, what is particularly appealing to you, exciting to you about being uh, once again in an undergraduate institution? 
Well, a couple of things. One, I started my career teaching undergraduates. Right. I taught for nearly nine years uh, at the universities of Nottingham and Aberdeen in the United Kingdom, teaching primarily undergraduates there. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I've enjoyed teaching seminarians too, but I would say there's this big difference between undergraduate seminarians. At seminary, by and large, you are, you're giving people better arguments for what they already believe. Mm-hmm. That you're not so much forming people's character and intellect so much as providing them with, with a greater arsenal of, of arguments and a greater depth of thought for what they already believe. They're postgraduates. They're generally people in their late 20s or beyond. Um, undergraduates, that age, 18 to 22 year, year old age bracket, you're really interacting with, with people there who are getting their first taste of freedom, first time often away from home, starting to, to think about things, think about their faith, think about what they've been taught at school and by their parents, think about these things for themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's vitally important then, I think, that the right people are teaching them, the right people are engaging with them, the right people are forming their minds at that point. And, and I hope that I have something to, to offer in that context. Mm-hmm. I was very struck to find out that Alistair McIntyre, the, the you know, possibly one of the most significant Roman Catholic philosophers of the last 50 years, doesn't teach postgraduates. Interesting. He only teaches undergraduates because he thinks that that's the point at which uh, minds are most open. Yeah. That's the point at which they're most interested in engaging with other people and other ideas. So Searching for truth. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge attraction. Mm-hmm. A huge mm-hmm. attraction. Well, I've, I've thought at a, a number of different times over the years when I never even, you know, before we had ever even talked about you ending up back at a, at an undergraduate institution, I've, I've thought many times myself how much I would prefer you at an undergraduate institution just for those very reasons. The more one interacts with university students, as well as understanding our own particular cultural milieu, it's important to have people teaching at the undergraduate level who can engage students beyond what they are typically hearing in these institutions. It's become such a monochromatic philosophy in a lot of uh, undergraduate universities. And so given the nature of, of some of your work you're doing, for instance, at Princeton right now, I think this is a great, great opportunity for the students who are going to be at Grove City. So we're, uh, we're happy about that. Plus, you're not going to be too far from Pittsburgh. Is that correct? That's correct. It's about 50 miles north of Pittsburgh. Okay. So if we go out there, we'll need to get, there's this sandwich shop called Primanti Brothers that we'll have to go to. And that's kind of the big draw. That's why you go to Grove City. Of course. I, I, I always travel 50 miles to get, just, to get just the right sandwich yeah, shop. Well, that's, that's why you need to hook your wagon to my star, buddy. Um, well, in the announcement, Carl, you you talk about Grove City's historic independence and how you're excited about joining them for part of that reason. I mean, Christian liberal arts colleges, they're, they're facing a lot of political and legal challenges. Like Grove City has a little bit of history mm-hmm. with those challenges. Maybe we could talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So in Grove City was the, the great Supreme Court case on exactly the nature and effects of taking government money. The Supreme Court case involving Grove City established that if students are taking loans from the government, then the college as an institution can be subjected to Title IX 
legislation. The Title IX legislation, it was, at least in its origins, good legislation. It's, it's legislation designed to prevent sex discrimination in hiring practices in government institutions. The problem with Title IX in the years you know, since it was first formulated is that it's become very, very broad in its application. So, for example, the Obama administration made an attempt that was actually overturned and reversed by the, the Trump administration to make Title IX uh, embrace transgender stuff. Right. So you could quite easily have a, a Christian liberal arts college whose students take federal loans being forced to comply with transgender ideology simply because its students take government money. Uh, Grove takes no government money. It doesn't have any student loans. It's one of very few colleges mm-hmm. that are unique in that way. Hillsdale would be another one in, in Michigan that take no government money and therefore at this point in time, cannot find themselves subject to to leverage from Title IX legislation to do things they don't want. It doesn't immunize them from the, the potential cultural revolution that is to come, but it certainly makes it harder to get at them than, for example, if you were, you know, Wheaton College, mm-hmm. a lot of students there take government loans, I think. Wheaton could come under significant pressure from the government on that point. And even seminaries, you know, Westminster Seminary, my, my former employer, a lot of the students take government loans, which means Westminster has to comply with Title IX. That could become a very risky thing. Mm-hmm. And I had the privilege of speaking to the trustees of Geneva College on the importance of trying to wean the institution off government money because mm-hmm. that will be an easy way for the government to turn the screws on sexual right. uh, orientation legislation because right. that's got discrimination now is absorbing that as well. And you you wrote about this recently for First Things, this very issue concerning the the challenges that are now not just at the doorstep, but well within the door of of Christian universities that are wanting to maintain their historic convictions, but are going to find that increasingly possibly impossible in the days ahead if they are not really fully independent. Yeah, I think, I I mean, without having looked in detail at the the accounts books of any institution, my guess is that if you pull government money from uh, a place which doesn't have strong endowments and where a lot of the students take uh, federal student loans, if you were to suddenly pull government money out of that, those places would collapse. Mm -hmm. So a lot of colleges, I think, are going to be facing at some point or could face at some point an either or. Either you cave in on your understanding of human identity and uh, sexuality, or you give up government loans and either get very, very small or go out of business altogether. I think it, it could be as stark and dramatic as that. Yeah. There are other ways that the, you know, the threat could come. NCAA can blacklist mm-hmm. institutions. If property tax exemptions were pulled, those would even hurt places like Grove City. Right. Mm-hmm. The clear soft underbelly, I think, of the colleges at the moment is government money relative to Title IX, and, and Grove is, is clean on that issue, and, and wisely and rightly so, I think. Right, right. Well, that made me you know, think that, you know, Todd, our friend here, is gonna, he's going to be the new man on campus. He's going to need to make new friends, uh-huh. and, and we know how Carl is. I mean, he's going right. to an undergraduate school in America. Right. It's a little different. Like, you know, Carl, people are touchy. Yeah. 
You might have to do uh, some bro hugs Uh or, you know. Struggle with that. You might need to go shopping, you know, for a (laughs) new wardrobe. I did Uh, find a great website recently. I can actually hire friends rather than actually having real friends. Yes. Can we hire friends? So uh, it looks as if I'm a popular guy. (laughs) But I I assume if if I hire a friend, I can lay down some ground rules, you know, no touching, no hugging. (laughs) (laughs) I. What's curious to me, and I'm assuming that this is this was true for Amy as well, is that um, at no time did the president of Grove City or anybody there call me or Amy to ask our opinion about the possibility of them bringing you on on the faculty. Is that because you specifically said they should not speak to us? Uh, yes, indeed. I, I actually, again, I, uh, I went to that same friend's website. I hired a couple of references. <laughs> like maybe good. we should have him wear yeah. a sticker with his name tag that says, like, does not get along well with others. Right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. Um, Carl, uh, so uh, what will you be teaching at Grove? Well, this is another one of the attractions. Um, Grove has a sort of core curriculum. Mm-hmm. There are some basic courses that everybody does. So, for example, one of the things I'm teaching next year will be a Bible survey. To undergraduates. It's not my academic field, but I do think that generalism has much to commit yes. it. Mm-hmm. For, for people being able to coordinate their thoughts, I think a good general arts background is important. So I'll be teaching a Bible survey. I'm also teaching one of the general humanities courses, which is essentially a sort of history of Western civilization over the last 300 years. So would allow me to, to bring in my interests in Charles Taylor, Alistair McIntyre, mm. Philip yeah, Reef, nice. that kind of thing. And then I'm going to be able to teach uh, a number of electives of a kind that, when I say I would never have been able to teach them at Westminster, that's not a criticism of Westminster, right. it's just they wouldn't really be of interest to right. Westminster students. Right. So I'm hoping to do one on, it's going to be entitled something like The Denial of God, looking at, at a number of great 19th century thinkers, Karl Marx, Friedrich Nietzsche, as examples of rising oh, atheism, and yeah. see what sort of responses came from the church. For example, might look at Herman Barvink from the Reformed hmm. uh, perspective. John Henry Newman has always struck me as interesting, so I'll probably do a course on that. Grove has a first-rate reformationist in Paul Schaeffer. So, in terms of reformation, I probably actually won't be teaching uh, the only subject in the world I know anything about, <laughs> because Paul's already there and doing a, a great job. But I'll be doing these services, and also I will be doing the the patristics course, the the rise of ancient Christianity. I'll be doing that as well. But I'll also be preaching in the chapel fairly nice. regularly on a Sunday evening to to nice. congregation. Uh, and also working uh, under Dr. Paul Kenga at the Center for Vision and Values, which is really my kind of first thingsy stuff. Right, mm-hmm. right. Develop that. Yeah, that'll be great. Using the center as a, a springboard for, for doing some more writing. So, well, that's Grover, really, yeah, what do you do when somebody comes along and essentially says, yeah, we've designed for you the, a job that we know you'd love. Would you yeah. come and work for us? Uh, yeah. It's hard to say no to that kind of thing. Absolutely. Well, that and sounds they're willing really... to call you renowned. <laughs> That's right. They are. Yeah. That's right. I, I think in 12 months' time, I will be the very renowned. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I, I like also that in the announcement from Grove City, they did. They were very careful in identifying you as the thinking man's Benny Hinn, which I think is <laughs> very kind of them. I'm being fitted That's out for the Nehru jacket. <laughs> That's right, with, with the big dove. Yeah, and I'm working on the bottle tan, obviously. Is it? <laughs> my my pasty skin is not quite up <laughs> to, be, to the true right, right. Benny Hinn. Well, as I said, you know, a lot of people 
are familiar with Grove City College, for those who aren't, I would encourage you to, to check it out. They routinely make lots of top 10 lists in, in various publications in terms of the academic rigor of the place, as well as in terms of, we all know that Christian liberal arts institutions are not, quote, cheap places to attend. However, Grove City has really worked hard to make themselves a good buy in, in those terms. And they're actually... Lots of um, scholarships, too. Okay. Yes, yes. And um, so I know that I've been getting lots of messages over the last week from parents saying, well, now I know where I'm going to try to send my kid. And mm-hmm. just realizing the importance of getting grounded in, in some of these things that we've mentioned at those 18, 19, 20-year-old era. So... Well, Carl, this has been fun talking to you about this transition. We are, as your friends, excited for you because we know that this is a just terrific move. As as one person tweeted out yesterday, this is going to be a good fit. And so uh, we think that uh, that Grove City has chosen well, and we think that Carl has chosen well. I saw that well. tweet. <laughs> and uh, we're excited. Send your kids to, to Grove City. It's a great place to be, and I'll look forward to my invitation come out there and visit as well. I'm sure Amy will get one. But we're so thankful that you uh, joined us today on Mortification of Spin. We do have a special premium, a gift we'd like to give away. It's a wonderful book called Thriving at College by Alex Chediak. It could be pronounced Chediak. We'll find out when we get him on as a guest. But his book, Thriving at College, is a wonderful thing. Parents, you'll want to get that. You'll want to read it. You'll want to give it to your graduating senior. And uh, we think you'll find a lot of really helpful wisdom in that book. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us. Check us out at mortificationofspin.org. If you'd like a chance to win a copy of this book, Thriving at College, you can enter to win there. And until next time, we'll see you later for Mortification of Spin. Before Messiah's pointed to the door No one had the guts to leave the temple I'm free I'm free Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin The podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals To read more on hard-hitting topics like this, visit the podcast page and blog at mortificationofspin.org, where we'll have links and other articles from Amy, Carl, and Todd. And while you're there, please subscribe and consider making a donation. And be sure to listen next time when Carl, Todd, and Amy talk about... But the fact is, is that Christianity is a supernatural religion. We believe in a supernatural world. And we believe that there is this being referred to as Satan. We believe that there are such beings as demons. As soon as people start talking to me about demons today, I'm beginning to think, okay, I'm dealing with a loony here. But that's a cultural reaction. That's not a biblically informed reaction. I think we need to be aware of the cultural baggage we bring. If you're waking up at 3 a.m. and you can't go back to sleep, well, it's, you know, spiritual warfare. That interview is next time. Join us then.
We gotta get going. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with us. With Alice Cooper. We're not worthy!